While walking home, I keep entertaining doubts about whether I will be truly welcome when I get there. As I look at my spiritual journey, my long and fatiguing trip home, I see how full it is of guilt about the past and worries about the future. I realize my failures and know that I have lost the dignity of my sonship. But I am not yet able to fully believe where my failings are great, grace is always greater. Still clinging to my sense of worthlessness, I project for myself a place far below that which belongs to the sun. Transformation is a walk back home to where we always belonged. This walk looks different for many, yet we find ourselves towards the same home. That is the beauty of transformation. It is personal and communal. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Angeline Dipkovici, or Anju, a nickname given to me by my dad. So Angeline Deep means messenger of light, but I had the potential of being Priscilla or Rebecca, but my mom said no to those names. I don't know for what reasons. And she actually had Genevieve, I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, in mind, but she's forgotten how to spell or even pronounce it. Well, I don't blame her at all. So for the longest time, I thought I had the most boring name until I discovered the true meaning of it. Profound. I was brought and bred in Malaysia, specifically in a beautiful thriving town called Ampang. The one in Selangor, not the one in Ipoh. Yeah. I'm a credo Catholic, which means I was baptized as an infant. I'm not going to tell you my birthday, but... I was baptized on the 6th of July, 1996. So now you know my age. I'm from a mixed heritage. Papa's Punjabi and Mommy's Bidayu Chinese. So that makes me 50% Punjabi, 25% Bidayu and 25% Chinese. A good mix of East and West Malaysia. Now, I'd like to share a bit about my Catholic faith. Um... The foundation of it was simple, which was to trust in God. Uh, Papa wasn't a Catholic until he married mommy, but he didn't continue practicing. Despite of that, he was very involved when it came to sending us for mass and picking us up from mass and sending us for catechism classes. So, catechism classes. Did it help me? It helped me to f- be familiar with the stories of the Bible and, of course, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. But none of those made sense to me at that time. And for mommy, she did her best. You know, we prayed the rosary every week. She bought a poster of grace before meals and after meals for us and pasted it on the wall next to the din- dining table, made us say it. I mean, we took turns. Yeah. She even bought Bible for each of us and taught us how to pray before we went to bed. And I, and I truly appreciate her for doing all of this for and with us. But I knew, I knew that there has to be more than what I was learning in catechism, in catechism classes and at home. And I thought things would change when I entered secondary form, but it really got worse. <laughs> I'm saying this with loads of charity here. I felt I was scolded every time I attended Sunday school. 
I mean, it's it's not just at me, but I felt like we're always being scolded at myself and the whole class. It felt as if the teachers were waiting around the corner for us to make a mistake and shame on us when we do. Sounds terrible, and it was, but that's how they received the faith and that's how they want to pass it down. It's quite sad. So because of these encounters, I grew up seeing God as a God who is disinterested, a God who's like a policeman, who's always waiting to slap you with a ticket of offense, and definitely a God who is impersonal and distant. I never saw him as father when we said our father. I'm like, huh? And I just knew that I shouldn't be disobedient because that would make him angry. And while that's in a... Ten Commandments, and I don't want to end up... I don't know. I don't want to taste the wrath of God. I mean, who does? But thank, but thankfully, God is still God, in spite of what I thought of Him. I encountered Him personally when I was 18, and my life was transformed from the inside and out, and it hasn't stopped. And I don't want it to stop. And this brings us to the story behind this podcast. So last year, I attended a missionary disciple formation program, whew, what a mouthful, called the ICP School of Mission, also known as SOM, in Sabah for four and a half months. And there I went through transformation after transformation. So one of the transformation was me overcoming my stage fright, which was very profound. And... This is a little bit of my childhood dream background. I've always wanted to be a superstar who tours around the world, being an inspiration to many and singing for people. But that has changed because that desire was hugely influenced by watching Britney Spears when I was growing up. But the desire to share my gift of voice has never left. No, I don't want to be a singer. I can't sing, but... I'm not called to share my, th- my talents in that way. So back to me overcoming my stage fright. Whenever I give my presentation, the script that play in my head is that plays in my head is, you are scared. You will never do your best. No one wants to hear you, so keep it down. Well, where did that come from? Of course, from the many past experiences of... Uh, people discouraging me from speaking or even asking questions or some sort yeah and they use those kind of words as well those kind of sentences and that's why I used to loathe public speaking and always appear unconfident and shaky I was not taught to share my struggles because I I I was taught that these are weaknesses meant to be dealt with alone Or I'm just going to accept that this is just part of me. But this limiting belief was shattered. When my mentor in SOM guided me on giving my testimony in a simple but effective way. Using mind map and ultimately restoring the image of God. First, I never liked mind map until that day. 
I then realized that my dislike towards mind mapping is not because it is inherently distasteful, but because I didn't understand how to use it. And as for having a distorted image of God, like I mentioned earlier, I also never knew that it could affect my sense of identity. And by putting on new lenses, I was surprised by the tremendous change. So, not only I, I transform into a confident speaker, I also transform my thoughts on mind mapping and definitely restored the image of God. Then, after coming back, I took a long time praying and discerning about this podcast, about creating this podcast. I was inspired when I was preparing a session on the introduction to the cardinal virtues. I was on form. So for those of you who don't know what form is, is a it's it's like Catholic it, sorry, it's like Netflix but for Catholics. Anything and everything about Catholicism is there. Okay, I'm I think so. Everything and anything. It's just a lot of materials on form.org. You should check it out. Anyways, coming back, uh, I was unformed, gathering resources, and one of the speakers in the video was echoing C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity. He was sharing the analogy of the fleet of ships and linking it to virtue. Now, virtue is another podcast episode for another day, maybe? Okay, anyway, I found that the analogy of the fleet of sheeps, sheeps, ships, like Titanic, so cleverly portrayed that I immediately went um, went to Book Depository to buy the book. And a fun fact, I love books because I love to feed my intellect. And as a typical book lover, I too have many unread books on my shelf and in the midst of three books all at once. <laughs> yeah. But this book was really different. It, it, it sent my pulse racing and my mind stimulated just thinking about it. I mean, is that how we are when we're in love? <laughs> okay, back to mere Christianity. So I got distracted. And because of that, I read Midway, moved to another book, and eventually got tired of reading and stopped for the whole of 2019. And then came 2020. I made a promise to myself that I will finish reading all my half-read books one by one. And I started with Mere Christianity. Uh, I, picked up, I picked up where I left and boy, I was hooked. There was an unexplainable thing that was happening inside of me. It was more than passion. I just felt my cells and my senses were telling me after three years of studying, a year of exploring Catholic spirituality and three hours of reading mere Christianity, this is it. You found it. You found it. What have I found? The connection between belonging and transformation. Ta-da! Now, before I go deeper about my podcast, there is something I want to disclose. I know that some of you aren't Catholic and might be thinking if this podcast is for you. My answer is, yeah, sure. I don't have a reason for you to listen or not listen, but I guess you should listen if you're open to listening to different kinds of materials. Because my, con- my, my content, of course, it won't be new, but it will definitely be transformational. 
Now, I was never made to convince you to be a Catholic, but I also want I also want to make known to you the goodness of my faith as well as yeah. So in the words of St. Benedict, my job is not to convince but to inform. And whatever I will be informing will be based on the richness of my faith. And I trust that it will make sense to all. So you're always welcome here. And if you do not feel comfortable, you are def- you can definitely stop listening. Okay, back to the connection. It was by the introduction of psychospirituality and SOM had me lasered eyes on belonging and transformation. Henry Nouwen, Father Richard Raw, Father Ron Rolheiser were the famous names mentioned. And the starting quote was actually from Henry Nouwen's The Return of the Prodigal Son, The Story of Homecoming. Now, if you're wondering, I did not get any ideas from naming my podcast Home Cele- Homecoming Celebration from his book or Spider-Man. The idea came from experience in SOM. We had a session where we, we were invited to dramatize the story of the prodigal son. And, uh, we, and the participants were then invited to act, uh, to choose either the, the elder son or the younger son. And we will act the scene out um, alone, together with a proxy of the father. So I chose the older one, as I resonated with him more than the younger one. And at that time, I was very angry with God. At the same time, I was hoping that he could change my perception of him or change, or just melt this frozen heart of mine. And we were invited to, we were encouraged to speak our own script, you know? Instead of saying, uh, instead of following the Bible, I just tell him, like, you were never there for me, and when I need you, you, you seem distant, and... Um, I did so much for you and yet you took so much away from me. And the reason why I say that is also because I I lost my dad in 2017. So I was angry with God. That's the reason why I'm angry with God. And the proxy was telling me that all, all, all I have is yours. I've always been here for you. I'm always for you. And... He stretched out his arms to hug me. I was reluctant, but I'm like, okay, I need a hug. So I go for a hug. But I wasn't convinced yet. And after that, I went to the back of the room to just digest what happened. And the speaker came to me after everybody have uh, acted out their, their... have acted out their scenes, I was approached by the speaker and he told me that God um, God wants to pursue me. He really wants me to come back home. And I was, I was still in disbelief. I'm like, ugh, whatever. You know? And then suddenly, I just heard a voice telling me that 
you know, the hug that you have always wanted, that was the hug, that, that is the hug. You know, I gave you that hug already. And I started crying. You see, I have, ever since my dad passed away, I, the, the thing that I miss most about him is his hug. My dad gives bear hugs, really good hugs. Um, so I've always asked God for that. And to know that at that moment, when I was extremely reluctant and angry, he gave me that, regardless of how I felt towards him. I was, whew, gosh, I overwhelmed by his love and I just broke down. And um, I have, and that, that for me is transformation. And I have a mental picture of that. It's always an image of a home with chimney by a big lake and a view of mountains came to mind um, with forests surrounding it. And that image is powerful because I always sense that God is calling me home to restore my identity as his daughter. Uh, and that means safety, comfort, assurance, strength, and a hope that never disappoints. And the fact that this call back home is universal, it made me even more fired up to remind you and of course myself that we are not alone in this walk. So my podcast is a place of encouragement to seek help and allow God to transform you by confronting our pain because this is a part of growing. I would suggest you to seek a counselor and or a spiritual director if you are ready for change. It has helped me when I needed help the most and I know it will help you too. I also want to talk about practicing virtue in this day and age, understanding the true meaning of morality, learning to build mental resiliency, community, and of course, drawing inspiration from the story of the life of the saints that had gone before us and saints to be, which is you and me. I also want you to bring these conversations to the table with family, with friends, colleagues, and even strangers. In a world that is so messed up, it only makes sense if we give faith and morality a chance to help us, right? And what a time to start this podcast at the start of a season of transformation. I'm talking about Lent. I'm excited and scared mostly excited and my goal is to practice the virtues so since i'm saying yes to this i'm going to want to say no to other things like netflix youtube podcasts uh, and drinking chai Ugh. so why am i giving up all these things i am overdoing all of these things like watching netflix watching youtube listening to podcasts and drinking chai overdoing all of them and Sometimes it's up to the level of obsession. So that robs me of the time that I can spend with God. The time where I can draw strength, draw inspiration from God. Instead, I'm in a way wasting my time with overdoing all this this, this things, watching Netflix, YouTube, podcasts, and drinking chai. And of course, it's to regulate my, my what I say, passion for 
is it passion? Should I use the word passion? I guess regulate my taste for entertainment. Yeah. And podcasts, maybe you think that podcast is quite informational and educational. I think so too. That's why I'm a game podcast. But you see, I recently discovered that curiosity is a vice. I know. I know. I'm as surprised as you were. And that got me, a, okay, not a bit, but very riled up. I'm like, oh my gosh, was I living in sin all this while? <laughs> and the interesting, is, the, the interesting thing was that the virtue to this vice is studiousness. And studiousness is focusing on one thing. And that is similar to being pure heart. Now, homecoming celebration is built upon the um, the Bible verse of... Oh gosh, I cannot remember. <laughs> but I guess it's one of the... It's one of the um, Beatitudes. Yep. Let me look for it. Ah, yes. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. So studiousness is... is about being focused on one thing, which is God. And to know God is to love God and to want to give everything to Him. And... But curiousness, curiosity, why am I saying curiousness? Curiosity is, if you really look at it, it's, it encourages deviancy. Is that a word? Or deviance? Or deviation? I think deviation is the best word here. Yeah, it encourages deviation. I'm not saying that um, in itself it is. Um, it is bad maybe it is because you know you can be interested oh sorry you can be curious in things that you're never going to be interested in you know i am not interested in in knitting or in sewing not at all i don't have any interest but if i this is an example yeah but i just want to know because i just want to indulge my curiosity and there will be so many things in the world that's going to make me uh, be curious about. Whereas studiousness has the element of wonder. Now, wonder and curiosity, not the same. Um, wonder is being drawn to something good, something true, and something so beautiful. Yeah. And that's why I want to starve my curiosity by not listening to podcasts. Because I can go hours and hours of listening to a different kind of podcasts that I have no interest in. But I just want to know. Yep. Lifting it up to God. And for those of you who are not familiar with Lent. Lent is a season of prayer and fasting before Easter. And the three pillars of Lent are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And all this is to be in close 
communion with God. Not in an earning credit or brownie point sense, but to allow the power of Christ's resurrection to come alive within these dry bones. And there you have it. That's the reason why I created this podcast. I am super excited of what's to come. I will try to put links to this uh, this podcast's social media for you to reach out to me and share me share with me ideas of the potential episodes, especially in the season of Lent. And if you have any feedbacks, feel free to give because they are going to be helpful. And if you want to say anything at all, go ahead. Good or bad, go ahead. I am very capable of knowing how to filter. Yeah. So may we all be surrounded by the love of God on our journey back home. See you soon and God bless.